Six to fives and tens on the back row. Welcome to the back row podcast. All right. I'm Rich Warren. Rui Pinho. And I'm Keith Thomasak. Today we are talking about 80s toys you may or may have not forgotten, but uh, I'm sure it'll bring up some memories for some people. And I will say now, I actually have most of these toys in my house as we speak. I'm sure you do. Which is how we came up with this list. We just walked through Rich's house. Rich, what's in your room right now? (laughs) And I just started naming off stuff and they wrote it down. What are you looking at? He actually sent me a picture of some of the stuff and there was the, the robot. I, that one really kind of stood out for me. Oh, the uh, the Omnibot 2000. Yes, yes. That one. I always wanted one. It's non-functional. It's, it's not just there for decoration. Either, the but you know, the remote for that alone is like a hundred bucks on eBay if you can find it. But Jeez. anyway, we digress and we very off. <laughs> Get back we're to our somewhat. Not list. even forty-five seconds in, we're not even on the list. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yes, we just, we have twenty-two different things listed here. We are not going to go through all. 22. We're not going to go through all twenty-two. All right, so let's just pick one. Let's go with Garbage Pail Kids. Right. Yes. Garbage Pail <laughs> This kids. was Rui's, actually. Rui wanted this on the list. so I... I loved the Garbage Pail Kids cards. I actually collected... Um, from series one to five. Wow! I had, I had, I had all of them, uh, and then my parents, my mom threw them out, and I was so mad. Was she disgusted uh, by them? I don't understand why she. Or was it just because it was just taking think, up too much room? I think it was one of those things where she was cleaning my room one day, and he's outgrown these. He's, he's out. Need yeah, these no, no. It, it, I think it must have been one of those things. It wasn't an. It wasn't like a. Oh, I hate these things. These are terrible. Whatever. It was just. But those things were so awesome. Um, it's funny how they were released. Uh, what five or six years later than the actual Cabbage Patch Kids? Yeah. Yeah, they were. Uh, it was kind of. Um, I don't know if you remember the the other comparison to the wacky packages. Oh yeah, I have a bunch of those. Well, I have a book actually with. Uh, I do have wacky packages at home. I, I have everything, guys. I'm not. I have an. I live in an '80s museum. It, it's. It's. Uh... We we were coming in today, and he says I was actually thinking of taking some of the the toys with me to bring it in. I said, well, that would have been good because then we could have actually like played with them. <laughs> Um, okay, and so, our listeners would be like, "Yay, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome!" Okay, I hear any of it. I actually got involved with Garbage Pail Kids uh, around the third edition. Actually, I missed out on the first and second run. Uh, my favorite Garbage Pail Kid of all time was from the first line and it was dead fred with the cabbage patch kid coming out of the grave was my <laughs> yeah. all-time favorite one well um, for the for, but, but for people who don't know which i don't understand why they wouldn't but never heard of them they were cards obviously and they the sticker featured a cabbage of actually garbage pale kid character having some comical abnormality deformity or suffering from a terrible fate with a humorous wordplay rich character names such as glandular angela or half nelson <laughs> <laughs> and how excited were you to find the card with your name on it? Mine was Itchy Richie. It was a second edition <laughs> card. It was a doll with the seams cracking open and cockroaches crawling out of it. That's that was Itchy Richie. They uh, they never had a card for me. <laughs> no. Yeah, it must be hard to go to like to Walt Disney World and looking for your name on a on a. Never happens. Well, let's make never. one now. We'll call it Gooey Rui. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna make it look like. If you know, any, we'll if... just make it something nice, and you're just covered in bubble gum. Okay, Gooey Rui, covered in bubble gum. You know, if bringing up the covered in bubble gum thing, um, 
I remember being disappointed in the ones that weren't gross. You remember like the one yeah. where he was like a transformer and then Yeah, like, that was like getting yeah. towards the sixth and seventh series. I think they went up, up to to a ninth, I believe, when I finally lost all hope on him. Yeah, I mean I, I, I really liked the gross ones. I you know the- I actually had I forgot to get them, so unfortunately they're lost forever, but I actually had a couple of photo albums filled with all these garbage pal kids and I left them at my parents' house and I never got them back and uh I know I can't go back. But um You could never Yeah, I had um yeah, I had a scrapbook. I actually had um out of the gumball machines, they actually somebody tried to rip off Garbage Pail Kids and come out with their own wannabe Garbage Pail Kids. It was fifty cents in the gumball machine. You pull them out of the plastic egg, and they were awful. But I actually put those in my photo album too, just to you know show it's so popular. People were trying to rip off a rip off, if you will. You know, that's garbage, <laughs> ripping off Cabbage Patch Kids, and this is ripping, ripping off, off Garbage Pail Kids. Okay, I'm gonna move on. Yes, let's yes. go. I'm gonna actually gonna give this one to Rich, the animal. It was released in 1984. There was a bunch of other monster truck toys, but it was a monster truck. And apparently it had claws in it. And the claws knew when to come out in order to get it to go over certain obstacles. Now, I never had this toy, but I think the commercial... You brought it up. The commercial... No, I remember it because it was such a powerful commercial that would come on in between your Saturday morning cartoons. It was fun to watch, but I think... I never owned this, but I think the reality would be it would be a very boring toy. You know, it was more about the jing- the the song in the commercial and the visualization of the commercial. The 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 song, you know, we we sang it yes. a little bit. The animal, the animal, can anything stop the animal? the animal? You know, and and it was it was this car going through this rocky terrain, and every time it reached an obstacle, the claw would come out and it would pull itself over the obstacle, and it would look awesome. How know? did it know when the claw was going to come out? I think I got a feeling probably after the wheels start slipping, maybe a gear would click in or something, which would extend the claws, and then once it started moving again, they would probably retract. I, I, it's just it didn't look like a very good toy to be honest. Well, apparently it can't be too. Too I don't think popular was- because I was trying to look for any kind of description or whatever on the internet and there's no Wikipedia about it. There's just some guy who happened to have a website and, and happened to mention it on his website and that's the only way I got huh. any information on this thing. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, it, I remember it. And that's, you know, that's enough for me, I guess. Well, but, there uh, is, there is, the commercial is on YouTube. Yes. So you can definitely look Wheeled Warriors. <laughs> I, I am crazy with Wheeled Warriors. Wheeled Warriors was awesome. There was a Saturday, there was a cartoon about Wheeled Warriors, coloring books, storybooks. I have, I own, in my, in my home studio, with... The exception of the one motorized good guy, it's called Trailblazer, as a matter of fact, I have the entire line in my basement. I've got the base, I've got all the monster mines, the armed force. Of course you do. I do. I like... There was Armed Force, Drill Sergeant, Spike Trike, Quick Draw, and then there was Trailblazer, which I don't have. And then for the bad guys, and I'm not reading these, by the way, these guys. I'm, I'm reciting these from memory. Yeah, I didn't put there them There was down. Sawboss, <laughs> Gungrinner, KO Cruiser, and Terror Tank. And Beast Walker was their motorized bad guy one. The cartoon was actually called Jace and the Wheeled Warriors. Who's Jace? It's made for the cartoon. The cartoon uh, is always cornier than the real toy. The toys were so much more badass. Well, a lot, it's, of, the, a lot of the toys ended up being into cartoons 
it's it's interesting here i mean this little write-up that you have here that the 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 toy line actually caused the decline. I mean, yes. no, the, the, the cartoon the car- actually caused the decline of the toy, <laughs> and they were canceled the next year. That's yeah. <laughs> no, the cartoon was awful. It was Jace, and there was some wizard called Gideon, and there was this little there was this little girl who was half monster mind. She was half of this plant person, and uh, so she could like telepathically know when the monster minds were coming. And then there was this stupid squire robot with a, with a lance. It was like a knight or something. The whole show was crap. Well, isn't I, it, I, it, I, just, I, I, just, I just find it funny. Like, I mean, poor, poor Rich. The, cartoon, the, obvi- the toys are really, really great. He obviously loved the toys. Yeah, and, like, I can imagine, you know, the people in Mattel going, these toys are, like, really selling. Let's make a <laughs> shitty cartoon. And oh, then, like, a week or two later going, Fuck. Oh, and, <laughs> yeah, after, after sales are going down. And by the way, uh, just to tell you, the, the thing about the toy that made it cool, you know, what about the toy itself? The toy, you could uh, pop off the tires, pop on different tires. They were, the the toy, the, the bodies of the vehicles had little holes over them, Lego-esque, and you could snap in weapons in different spots. You could snap on attachments. You could change the frame, make it higher, make it lower, different wheels. They were very customizable, so that's what was the whole thing. You know, you could put rockets all over one, or you could, you know, you could change them up a little bit. Well, I'm sure it was So much to- potential. Well, yeah. There was. But, I mean. Let's make a shitty cartoon. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was about to say. Mattel wasn't, I'm sure, wasn't the one that came up with the idea for a cartoon. So some production company must have said, hey, those are doing really well. Let's make a cartoon. I can't imagine that Mattel didn't have to give the okay. Well, they'd have to give the okay, absolutely. But at the same time, it's like somebody just took their product and made it into crap. Now, since we're talking about shitty toys, let's segue into Manglords. I know nothing of this. So this I is own a Manglord. Okay. You know, j- j- interesting side note. Rich is like one sixteenth Manglord. <laughs> That's right. He just told us that a couple minutes ago. I'm offended by that, being that I'm one sixteenth Manglord. All right. Uh, uh, well, Keith, you want to read the description of the Manglords? Okay, so it was a line of action figures released by the Ideal Toy Company in 1984 and 1985. The first wave consisted of Manglord, which was initially released with a playset Manglore Mountain, Manglosaurus, and oh god, you're going to make me do this, Manglodactyl. Yep. A second wave packaged with a plastic eggs appeared in 1985, which included Mang... Oh, Manglodemon. Come on, Manglodemon. Manglizard, Manglizard, <laughs> Mang... Low Dragon. Hey, damn! Right? He, I now know why he wanted me to read this. The line consisted of flexible, unjointed, one-piece, sticky, and mostly unpainted. Some versions of Manglord had purple highlights. <laughs> oh, here we go. Sorbathane figures that were not able to stand on their own. Okay, so what so, is so, this? So saying? pretty much, you're Mangle Rich. He's Mangle Keith. <laughs> I'm Mangle Rui. That's all you that's, had to do. That's all you had to do in but order. Manglo 
in front of your name. You're a Manglord. So what was cool about the Manglord Mountain playset was it had like the fake slime. Remember, slime was a big toy in the 80s. Yeah. Yes. You know, and you could put the Manglord in the slime. And they were soft, rubbery, kind of like the whack. There's one, the wacky wall crawlers. That should have been on the list. Oh, you throw them against the wall and then yes. they climb down. The rubber was Those similar to that. So, yeah, these guys couldn't stand on their own. But a big selling point of the whole Manglord thing, yes, they were one-piece rubber. And on the commercial, they showed that you could physically rip the arm off it, yes. severing the arm permanently. And you could rip the arm off the Manglord dactyl, you know, rip the wing off the Manglord dactyl and put the wing on the man and the arm on the dactyl. And you can mix and match and make all these new toys. You know, there was a thing about that. That was I left it out, but there yes. was something that that's the reason why it didn't really. Now, this is where the flaw. Yeah. Because I did. Maybe it was genius marketing, too, because I, as a kid, had a Manglord. I tore his arm off and I stuck it back on and it stayed short term. But just like the folly of a wacky wall crawler, when they're brand new and they're sticky, they fall down the wall, they're great. And they also collect every piece of lint, fuzz, dirt, sand, toenails, whatever sticks to them. And they're this disgusting, fuzzy mess. You bring them to the kitchen sink, you try to wash them off. They never are the same. Once that Manglord gets just as dirty as that wacky wall crawler that arm will never stick again it never and, and congratulations you've ripped your brand new toy to pieces throw it in the garbage buy a new one terrible toys terrible the packaging was great <laughs> terrible toys so you played with terrible. the packaging instead you know i feel compelled to share this story um you mentioned the wack, wacky wall crawler there's um, still one in a body cavity of yours of this well, day no oh, uh, <laughs> they they still they still sell those mm-hmm. kinds of things i don't think it's actually the same wacky wall crawler but it's it's pretty much it is what it is you throw it on the wall and it crawls down when i initially moved out of my parents house and i moved in with a with my old roommate i had i had one and i thought it would be funny to you know while my roommate wasn't home go into his room throw it up in the ceiling and see how long it would stick right and it stayed there for like hours so i'm like all right he's getting he's getting home from work he's gonna cut you know he's gonna go into his room he's gonna change he's gonna potentially look up look up (laughs) to the ceiling be like what the hell and it's gonna go from there right seven years later i shit you not he left it up there and it was still there when we moved out wow Did he have like like one of those asbestos ceilings, kind of like what we have now over our heads? Because that <laughs> rubber, well, no, they there are some surfaces that those things just adhere to. Like if you have like one of those stucco esque ceilings or yeah. something, that's not traditional paint. Like they're on. That's it. They're on. No, it was it was just a typical you know flat really? ceiling. Huh. When I threw it up, I threw it up with like like. A lot force. of force, mm. but yeah, we were amazed. Like, like it Did became you name it at that point. It, it became the thing. Like, we, <laughs> hey, we, let me. How you doing? We weren't gonna take it down of our own volition. We were gonna wait until you know it it came down. And now, if I brought a Power Lords, you guys wouldn't even know what to begin no. to talk about. I had Power Lord toys as a kid growing up, but I do not possess any now as an adult. No. And I don't really care to buy those. Power Lord toys, they were just weird. I don't even... They were such a small blip in the toy radar of the 80s. 
you know, they were up there with Max Steel's RoboForce, which was another very short-lived uh, little mini robots that looked like trash cans. Okay. Well, right. I'm going to actually oh, oh. I'm gonna bring up uh, my buddy. And I'll, you know, the reason why I'm going to do this, I didn't have one. But I'm going to do sure this because that? I actually, when I was doing the research on this, I actually found out that it was one of several dolls said to be the inspiration for Chucky, yes. evil doll for Child's Play, along with that kid and Robert the doll, whatever that is. Wait, I've never heard I of didn't, that kid. I've never heard of I didn't that. either, but the fact, I, that's the only reason why I'm bringing up my buddy is because I thought that was very interesting, that Chucky was kind of based on that. Thought oh, it was funny. I had a my buddy. That explains a lot, actually. Did you have really? a kid sister, too? Do you too? still have it? No. That's not a car seat for your child, is it, in your vehicle, is it? <laughs> you still you put my buddy in your trunk when you're here. And sing and the you song. you put him in the car seat. And, Come my on, buddy. My buddy. My buddy. Wherever I go, he's going to go. No, I, I had a my buddy, and <clears throat> I don't know. I, I got it for Christmas that year, and it wasn't. I wasn't in love with my buddy but i always kind of thought it was uh it looks like one of those dolls when like a kid's been abused touch the doll show me on the show doll. me where you were touched <laughs> well apparently it was originally made to uh teach little boys about caring for their friends <laughs> and exactly how I, are they caring for their friends I, with, with by, my by buddy? climbing it's, trees it's, apparently and throwing huh. it up do we have uh yes we do have teddy ruxpin on our yeah, list ah uh, yes the reason i'm bringing up teddy ruxpin been now is because you had mentioned that um, my buddy was an inspiration for child's play. Right. And when I was younger, I had a Teddy Ruxpin and my uncle came over and my uncle was one of these people who, who liked to let me watch like horror movies because mm-hmm. he was he was relatively young at the time. And uh, he put on child's play while he was, you know, over and while the movie was playing, he had turned on the Teddy Ruxpin <laughs> with, without me knowing. And I was so afraid of Teddy Ruxpin for the next like two or three weeks because he didn't he didn't it cop to the to the fact that he turned it on. He he literally turned it on and was like, Oh my god, Teddy Ruxpin is alive. And I'm like, <laughs> Ah, <laughs> so, now, so that's I, my uh, that's my. Traumatic. I have a question about Ted, Teddy Ruxpin. I didn't again. I didn't have this. One I here. have a question. Why in your synopsis of this particular toy did you not mention Grubby? Grubby. Grubby. What's Grubby? Teddy Ruxpin's buddy. Grubby was like a caterpillar, and you would get tapes that you could put in both of them, and they would like seemingly interact with each other. They would tell ah, stories together. I didn't know. Well, it Grubby kind of sounded like it. a less depressed Mr. Snuffleupagus. It didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it didn't quite ever say anything about that in in, in what I was Who am I working for. with? Were you guys but, even in the 80s? Come on. <laughs> but wait, I have a question about it. Could you just put any tape in yes. there yes. and it would do whatever? There so like, is you could nothing put, like, like putting an Aussie tape in Teddy Ruxpin and listen to Teddy Ruxpin sing Suicide Solution. Yeah, that no, is it the would, best. You could put anything in there and it would work. What was it reacting to? Just the B or... I think, or is it just when it heard I think sound, it was, it was the just sound. It would just you open know, generate, yeah. Mouth. But yeah, you could do anything. It was it was pretty awesome, aside from scaring me. Obviously, you know. yeah. So, so that's you know. Moving so on. needless to say, with Teddy Ruxpin, uh, the whole selling point of this particular toy was you would put an audio cassette tape that was usually paired with a booklet, and it would you could as a child read the book as 
Teddy Bruxpin is reading the book to you. It was like, that okay. was the whole shtick. And I'll bring it around. A cassette tape is when what they had back oh, in God. the 1980s when you would <laughs> actually be this? able to record. It was a little tiny, little not tiny. It was but like a little tiny reel-to-reel. A, a, right. And reel-to-reels. T- and reel-to-reels were, were actual, like. <laughs> it's actually tape. <laughs> Wow. If you don't know and, it, look and, it up. I and, can't and, explain. And tape were, was actually like this little magnetic, like yeah, right. <laughs> Magnets were. Ooh, lo- <laughs> Let's do speak and spell. Look it up. Speak, speak and, and spell. spell. I have one of those too. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You doubting me? No, but it was a series of electronic. I didn't even know it was a series of electronic handheld child yes. computers created by Texas Instruments. Do they even exist anymore? That consist of a speech synthesizer, a keyboard, and a receptor slot to receive one of the one of a collection of ROM game library modules. First, Speak and Spell was introduced at the Summer Consumer Electronics Show in 1978. Did not know that, making it one of the earliest handheld electronic devices with a visual display to use interchangeable game cartridges. Okay, so first off, Texas Instruments is still around. They make uh, calculators. scientific calculators. That's how they're That's still... It now. They used to have their own uh, computer line. Uh, they they did other things, but they're in business now primarily through calculators. Okay. As far as being part of a line, there was Speak and Spell, there was Speak and Read, there was Speak and Math. So there were at least okay. three different I units. I kind of vaguely remember that. Uh, speak and Spell, of course, being the most popular. The ROM units are very hard to come by. I've only ever seen those on eBay. Those didn't seem... It looks like everybody got a Speak and Spell, Just but never that. got really the ROMs to go with it. Did and, they use the Speak and Spell to say swears and things like that? Is that something no, you could do or no? No, you couldn't really make it say words. But... Where people still seek these out today is uh, people will buy these and then they will get what is called a bending kit or you can actually buy them pre-bent, if you will. And what it basically is, is somebody gets one of these, they open it up and they hack the inner workings of the electronics and then they add switches and uh, flip switches and dials and and then you bring them into your DJ booth at your club. A, 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 B, 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 B. and you can yeah they use them for clubs and people actually and you'll find the, the um the and they call them bent you can find those on eBay for upwards of like $75 a wow. um, of a, a bent speak and spell people wow. don't really use them now i mine is not bent and i have no intention to do that mine is a pure speak and spell <laughs> um <laughs> That that is officially going to be a uh, a sound clip right there. Mine is not bent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I can't have this whole thing go through without without mentioning Voltron. If, if I had if I had the ability to get anything from my childhood back, it would be the Voltron, like the the legitimate, like the the metal ones. The- My son has them with the four lions. Yes, and he's got. There was a newer Voltron with the black lines. It was all sleek looking. It was a modernized Voltron. Were they still the metal they were ones? Lions, I know they, but they were plastic. All, they ones. were all black and they were streamlined. Um, well, we should explain what Voltron is for people that don't know. Okay, well, it was Match Matchbox imported the line. 
Lion Force Voltron and Vehicle Force Voltron diecast yep. toys from Poppy of Japan in 1984. The company also released six-inch figures of the Voltron robots, including the lesser-known, do you know this, Gladiator Voltron, mm. that were more affordable but lacked the detail level of their larger counterparts and could not separate into their component forms. Not much of a, not much of a. Pretty much for the youngins, uh, this was this was a lot like the Power Rangers, except awesome. Yes, the Power. What yes. made it awesome? This was pre because Power Rangers. It was pre Power Rangers. It's pretty much kind of. It I, is the Power Rangers it's in a way. Similar, yeah. It's 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 they they were uh, separate lions that formed into this big vult, you know, big robot Voltron. Oh, okay. And uh, you know, each each lion had its own character controlling the lion and you know it, it, form it blazing just... sword Shit. yes they make the sword dun, dun, da, dun, dun, da, da. i can't remember what they called the monsters that they fought though there was a name for them they would come down in little coffins the coffin would open up and then they would grow into the giant sized monster yes and they would and they'd that. always every episode just like the power rangers at the end of every episode they would defeat some and every time they would send a monster at them every show it got bigger and stronger and bigger because this alien force was trying to defeat you know voltron and take over the planet or whatever um i can't remember what they were called though beast some things or i don't know well just in case you want to find out more news and uh keep up to date with the voltrons you can actually go to voltron.com no kidding nice yes. all right that's the one thing from the 80s that i'm surprised that we haven't like made a movie about yet uh, I hope they don't. I hope to. Well, no. I hope they do. I hope Michael Bay doesn't do it. Uh, yeah, I'm not happy with the Transformers. Why can't anyone just make something the way it's supposed to look, please? Have you seen? Come on. Have you seen? People ruin Doom. You can't screw up Doom. They screwed up Doom. They screwed up Transformers. Did you see the abomination that cry. is the, the trailer for uh, trans uh, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Oh no, no, I haven't. Michael Bay is doing Teenage Mutant oh, Ninja God Turtles. Help us! Yeah, isn't isn't like what's her name there? Uh, Meg, what's her name? Megan Fox is yeah. playing April. Oh come on! Yes. Just, you know what? Just you know, just hold my childhood down and kick it in the balls repeatedly, world, because that's what you're doing. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Next, next let's toy. Do, let's do something. Uh, okay, so let's try Simon. Remember Simon? Simon? I well, love you know, that freaking thing. I should have at least Simon. brought Simon. I have Simon. That's a good one. <laughs> Simon was the uh, color matching game. They would light up and, and you would have to match the pattern, basically. It's like memory. Yeah, pretty much. Um, what I do have to say is that the old school big round Simon, that sucker takes some batteries, my friend. Yeah. I think it takes like 4D batteries and then like a 9 volt or 2C on top of it. The whole thing must weigh like 18 pounds when you got it all loaded up <laughs> the batteries. <laughs> Do you know, I didn't know this, though. It was launched in 1978 at Studio 54 in New York City. Really? Mm-hmm. And it was an immediate success. But I, I happen to have... The 70s and 80s. Because they were all hopped up. Uh, apparently. Well, it was it was to see if you were uh, good enough to drive, I guess. They would I, I have the traditional round Simon. I have Super Simon. What's Super Simon? Uh, it's rectangular in shape. And instead of it with the roundish buttons, uh, they're, they're rectangular buttons. And it's like, it's for two players. We put it between the both of us. Okay. And you have your line and I have my line. And we can play competitively or 
cooperatively. And then there was a pocket Simon, which I do not have. And and there was also, well, in more modern times, there was Simon Squared, where you could actually, it was two Simon games. You physically flip the unit over for a different type of, it was like Super Simon and regular Simon in one unit. But this came out in the uh, early 2000s. And then there was also all sorts of Simon knockoffs. There was oh, the yeah. Radio Shack one called Pocket Repeat. I found one uh, called, I think it was called um, Einstein was one. I heard of that one, yeah. Um, a rectangular, a much smaller version. Uh, the only thing that was really cool about Einstein, uh, it's the same exact game as Simon, but um, uh, what was it? That the sounds were different. Like, you actually got a real winning sound and a losing sound, which was kind of neat. <laughs> but yeah, Simon, big, big game. Actually... One last note, Nolan Bushnell, the creator of Atari, Chuck E. Cheese, and I think founder of even Worlds of Wonder, that to date is his favorite game. He still loves Simon. You know, the creator of Pong, the guy who well, launched video game industry. It's it's timeless, really. I mean, I think they should have it in old people's homes. Yes. <laughs> And to look at it now, overtly, it is a very boring game. But you know what? Challenging, it'll kick your rear, man. Right. It's a very challenging game. Right, exactly. That's what I mean. Keep your uh, same thing with Rubik's Cube. Oh, F Rubik's Cube. <laughs> I, you know what? I used to take mine apart and I, throw it back yeah, together. Yeah, screwdriver, pop it apart, put yeah. it back together. Yeah. <laughs> My father actually solved it. This is a true story. My dad actually solved the Rubik's Cube. He put it all the way up on the highest bookcase for my brothers and I as children. Couldn't even reach it. He worked on that for months. He finally solved it. He got a roll of scotch tape. He taped that SOB <laughs> solid so it couldn't be turned in any way. And then one day we saw it was missing. He actually took that with him out in the woods and he had a 22 rifle. He put it on a tree stump and he shot it. He blew it up. Why? He said it blew up like the Death Star. It just flew in a million pieces. Out of frustration. Like, I beat it. It's over. No one's going to mess this thing up. He destroyed it out of rage. All right. I guess it's kind of crazy. Maybe maybe this gun control thing isn't a bad idea. <laughs> no, but... Uh... <laughs> and that has been... The back row. Oh, we're out of time, yeah. man. Well, we didn't oh. even do a reset or anything. We've been talking about the uh, 80 stories you may or may not have forgiven. Forgot, for, forgiven. <laughs> I haven't forgiven any of them. I've been forgotten. Rich's father certainly did not <laughs> he forgive. He didn't forgive that Rubik's Cube, that's for sure. Just a quick uh, honorable mention that we didn't get to. Cabbage Patch Kids, Laser Tag, Walkman, Glowworm, Micro Machines. Yeah. Mask Pogo Ball, aka Lolo Ball. Yeah, it was. It's Yolo Ball. It's not, got a big uh, spike and rip your really off. Care Bears. Um, I don't think we talked about Care Bears. No, we didn't talk about Care Bears. Puppy. Masters of the Universe. The mini <laughs> arcades. Mini arcades. Oh, that's all right. You could have done an hour here. Anyway, yes, that has been the back row. I'm Rich Warren. Rui Pinho. And I'm Keith Thomasak. See you next time. listening to the back row mine is not bent <laughs>